Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And the Blues have won by literally 10 points against GWS in what, look, let's be honest, was one of the worst games of football I think I've ever seen. Lockie, you hmm. got the win. And the sentiment around this game from the fans, from, from everyone I'm hearing, seems to be just take the four points and move on. Forget about that game. <laughs> Is that how it kind of feels for you at this stage? <laughs> oh, I don't even know where we're going to go with this. I, uh, I caught up today and played a round of golf with a friend of the show, J-Rob. Shout out to oh, him. I'm sure he'll be on out. an episode soon. Um, and one of the first things he said to me was, you said on the show last week, it's not about the win or the loss. It's about how we do it. And I don't know how I feel reflecting on that because I am happy with the win, but it certainly wasn't the, in the fashion that I thought we would do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to, I guess, try to evaluate because still undefeated. We got the points. We yep. grinded it out to some extent. It was a tough last Gritty. quarter. All, of the, all the little cliches you want into that one. Gutsy yeah. performance, all that kind of stuff. But banking the wins early, it is important. I'm a little bit worried about the performance itself because we made such a big deal about Me that too. in our build-up show, like the great J-Rob, who was obviously <laughs> listening, heard and brought towards you. And yeah, that's probably where I sit at the moment. I feel like it's a bit more than just as much as I'd love to sit here and go, take the four points, let's forget about that and move on. There's so many different things from that game yeah. that have continued to be issues and may continue to be issues going forward that we've probably got to address and we've got to take a look at. Yes, it's better to deal with them in a win than a loss. We'll take that any day. Absolutely. But there's still some issues. And I guess starting off on that point, it's a beautiful segue because mm -hmm. I wanted to start with reviewing well, the things that we wanted to see that we mentioned well, in like our build-up show. And it's a nice way to kind of reflect and, and see nice. where we were, we were at before this game and where we sit now. So, Lockie, the couple of things that you wanted to see from this game. The uh -oh. first one was that round two was the norm. It wasn't the round one, Carlton. <laughs> and that the, it was going to be a complete performance start to finish. Uh, I guess, where does that leave you now? Interesting. God, a week's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like talking about that Geelong game was months ago. Um. Oh, I, I, did, I, I felt like this was a better performance personally than round one. I'm not sure if you agree with that or not. Round one, I was like, there's no positives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess. This, yeah. this, I thought there was, even though it was a disgusting game, I actually thought there was probably more positives than negatives mm. that like that I'd want to talk about. Um, but it, it had nothing on last week because last week was 22, 23 performers. Yeah. which I didn't feel is what we got this weekend. Um, mm. huh. So, yeah, I don't have a clear tick to that yes. yet. No, I, I agree because, like, one of my points was that I wanted basically GWS to never be into the, in this game. I wanted to yes, shut out from the start, pretty much win every single quarter, come out early, <laughs> set the tone, and it just kind of wasn't there. We definitely failed in that. We started slow. They sort of jumped us out of the gate, which is always the worry with these games where we're favourites. We've just come off a big win. What Carlton yep. are we getting? Are we getting the, the seemingly arrogant Carlton that, that steps up and doesn't perform when they're, I guess, expected to? Mm -hmm. or, or what are we doing? And it kind of happened again 
And it gave GWS the confidence to stay in the game, to realize that what they were doing was working and that they were a chance in this, which is kind of why I wanted to stamp out. Lord, if we came yeah. out uh, came out quick with the pressure we saw against Geelong, that intensity, the physicality, the game would be done, put on a few goals, and then you just you finish them because GWS, they have no confidence. They're seeing a better team in Carlton now go out there, get it done, and you just can't come away from that. But that was probably the issue for me where we've again started slow. Uh, what does that does that come from anything for you, knowing that this has been a bit of a trend from the Carlton we've seen past few years that in these kind of contests, these lesser mm. teams or teams that we perceive as lesser seem to jump us from the beginning and it takes us a while to adjust? Yeah, it's such a good question. GWS were clearly fired up and they mm. came out of the gate a lot hotter than us, even though the scores stayed pretty consistent. Like yep. I felt like they cared so much more early on. Oh, my, my, my first instinct is to be optimistic and say that this is all part of us growing and yep. that it's true. Like teams have been jumping us for a long time, but we've also, we were, we used to be bad and everyone was jumping mm. us. So, and, and we looked at this week as like, okay, this is the game where we take that step mm. and, and put them away. And maybe we were just a week early and that's going to be this week or the week after. So I don't, I don't want to use this as kind of a defining game in any way because I felt like we were a lot better than GWS overall. Yeah. But yeah, God, what do you think? Mm, it's, it's hard to nail it because it seems to have been a trend for a while. I don't know if it's mentality I don't know. And and that's kind of the honest truth with it. I think if they knew mm. it wouldn't be there, it's a worry because it is a worry. It's just been because it's been a trend. This is something that we often see with Carlton. We we grind out these kind of games and yeah, I think it's probably a bit better that we, we obviously got the win in this where maybe we we don't in previous years. But yeah, it needs it needs yeah. to be better. We're expecting more now. It needs of to course. be a bigger performance. It's why you were saying we need the round two Carlton to be the norm. It's not this round one. It's you're built in now. Mm. You've got the confidence. Go on and prove you're better than these teams. And I'm aware that it's a long season. You're not going to be perfect every single week. But the drop off from what we saw last week to now in a short space of time, it's it's yeah. the alarm bells, I guess, of last season where we showed some good glimpses and then we'd have those poor performances we couldn't hold on to leads, these little things like that where mm-hmm. that's kind of the trigger, I guess, for myself at the moment. And I don't know what it is, why they're not able to just continually every single week bring that same intensity, at least from the start, when you should yeah. be raring to go, kind of knowing that we had such a long break between the game compared to mm-hmm. a GWS, you thought the boys would probably be firing and ready to go. Yep, uh, I agree. It, um, it definitely is a worry and I, I hope it's something that we can work through as the mm. season goes on and we'll look back at this there's like a little step on that ladder but mm. yeah there's a lot of the little kind of more specific things that i'm sure we'll go into as well yeah definitely now another one that you wanted to see was the two rucks you had mentioned that it was a good performance yep. last week you wanted both to keep and keep going forward and it looked like that two ruck setup was what we were going to take for the rest of the season. You wanted a bit more progression from TDK as well. Cause he showed a bit. Yep. So you're hoping he keeps taking those steps. Uh, what did you make of the, the two rucks there? I'll throw some stats out for you as well. It may Do help it. or, or may hinder. 
Pitternet with the most hit outs in the game with 24. De Koning, the second with 22. Flynn, their main ruckman, got 13. So it looks like we sort of dominated the hit outs aspect. What was your kind of take yeah. on the two rucks and how they performed throughout the game? Yeah, I'm positive on it again. I think, again, the other thing you add to that equation is that I thought this was Sauce's best game of the three yeah. by far. Mm. And he was able to do the things that we're begging for him to do when he's not having to ruck. So I like that we had that dynamic. Yeah. Um, they're still playing pit like really low mm. game time. It'll be interesting to see how that progresses, whether mm. this is just part of that injury management or whether they're, you know, like do they have confidence yeah. to be able to put him forward, that kind of thing? I don't know. Um, so I, I'm still positive on it. I still want us to keep persisting and experimenting, mm. especially when we got that from Sauce. But yeah, and again, it was another good game from TDK. I think if you look mm. at these three games compared to a lot of what we've got from him in the past, it's like, okay, now he's actually showing those. It's not just a big mark. Yeah. Yes. It's consistent and he- effort and, and quality. And he still had, you know, a couple of those big marks here or there. And I liked his physicality probably was what I enjoyed out of his game. While Mm -hmm. it just looks like a bit more of a presence around it, he's obviously got a a fair chunk to go in that space. But it didn't look like maybe we've seen in previous years where he's getting dominated, getting pushed around. He seemed to hold his own. was a bit low on the tackles compared to last week, which was something I praised him highly on. Thought he really brought that intensity mm-hmm. from the stoppage for us in the center of the ground. That was low. I think he only had the one tackle, I believe. Um, actually, yeah. I don't believe he had it later. Oh, no, he had one. He had one, sorry. Just one, yeah. Um, so that probably wants I want him to lift a little bit more. But yeah, mm. it's definitely not a... I don't think we've taken a step back on that, but maybe not the the step forward we... Massively won. It kind of stayed where it did. Uh, next yep. thing for me was... Pit. Yep, sorry. Pit, yeah, no, I was going to say, give me Pitt. He was fine. Like, he had probably more hit outs, but I think we're still wanting a little bit more. Saw more from him last season. Whether that's just, he's just not there yet fitness-wise. that's it. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, that's it. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe throughout this season... It is that uh, where Deconing takes that step becomes that number one ruck. But again, to your point that you started this off with, we mm. saw the best out of Sauce when he wasn't in there. And so I think that for the moment, that looks like yeah. the way to go. We'll talk about Silvani later in this pod, so I don't want to touch on it too much right now. But cool, definitely, I, I think the two rucks are what we're rolling with at the moment. And what yeah. I was also looking to get out of this game I noted that last week the forward pressure was a big part of our victory. And I said, I want that to be up again. And I want inside 50 tackles to be more than 10 because that's what we've looked good at in the, in the last few weeks. When it gets high, we look really good. Do you know the numbers without looking at them, Lockie? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a You're cheater. Too... Fair enough. Well, yeah. I thought it would be way good. more than that. Yeah. I felt, I felt like it was better than that. It felt as if I think pressure was okay at times, but yeah, only the three inside 50 tackles and probably a bit of a broader point that I Mm. want to bring up on this because I don't think it was just the smalls that lacked this pressure and intensity. I think the midfield really struggled and we'll go on to that at another stage as well. What I want to bring up, I'll give you some, some tackle numbers here. We had six players that did not even register a tackle stat. And I'll name and shame them. They were Charlie, Doc, always maybe stiff on him, Pitt, yep. Fish, 
and Lewis Young. We had 10 players only register one tackle. Akers, mm. Chera, Cowan, O'Brien, Ed, DeConing, Harry, Silvani, Cripps, and Weedery. That's just no. How is Ed laying one? It's not. It's just not good enough all around, and that's why I'm not singling one person because there was a lot. It was sort of. A, it was a collective issue. So yeah, just you come on, mate. What are you bringing? Throwing out? <laughs> not under to the bus? single that's, out one person. That's my kind of move. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was <laughs> that was definitely a bit of an issue this week. I thought the pressure lacked, particularly early in that first quarter. Yeah, yeah. And those guys not getting involved, it's a bit of a call out because we spoke about it last week. When everyone brings it, when we've got. 22, 23 players all playing their role all up and about. It's a massive difference. And you could see just from a couple of key stats, I know tackle numbers aren't everything. Sometimes you get more of the ball. Some Sometimes it, it doesn't matter. But there's a few guys in there that should be getting more than one. There's a few guys that should be getting at least one out of those names. And it just doesn't read well when you look at potentially how that game played out in scrappy conditions where you kind of are expecting quite high tackle numbers, particularly inside that 50. And I think that probably let us down in not being able to retain the possession in our forward 50, lock it in and give ourselves better looks at goal, which will, I guess, leads to Mm. another issue throughout that game as far as scoring. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, Durden had, Durden, I guess the reason it felt like more to me, Durden had the six, um, yeah. And I felt like Motlop's pressure was pretty good too. Um, I agree. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It, it's a big area that we can improve. Yeah. And look, <sighs> I liked your point. This We've got one each to go in this little segment. I love About this. reviewing what we wanted to see before this game started. And Lockie, I think you've absolutely nailed this. It's like you, you wanted go. to write the run sheet prematurely because your big <laughs> question, and this was almost your biggest one that you threw out there. And it was, how do we stop Toby Green? How do we get it done? Can we do it? What's going to happen? What's it going to be? And what did we say? We (laughs) didn't have an answer. answer. We were just posing the question. We thought thought it was going to be a bit of team defense. We thought thought it may be the way to get it done. We maybe overlooked one individual. And that was Nick Newman. Your man. Toby Green, five disposals only. His career low. Only gets the one goal that he got late. And... Yeah. I mean, who who is Toby Green? Didn't see him. Didn't realize he was no. playing until he took that mark. Um, yeah, Nick Newman, your man. Um, would have been plowman in the team if if, uh, if if you had your way. <laughs> no, I'm um, yeah, oh my God, what can you even say? It's just ridiculous that you can have 24 touches on mm. like the best small, medium-sized forward in the league and him do nothing. Apart from that, yeah. it was a great mark. If he didn't do that, it would have been... Mm. I haven't really seen anyone talking about it, like non-Carlton people. Have you? Mm. I haven't seen anyone talking about how poor Toby was. It's all about the descent. I, don't know. I think the only the only person that's really brought up Nick Newman's role was Riley Beveridge. And, well, he's a fellow bagger, yeah. so he's probably going to, to lead it that way. He's someone that's probably gone under the radar. We probably have not spoken about him enough this season. If you're talking about consistency, he may be yeah. our best player so far this year. Probably him and Charlie maybe Cripper as well, have probably been the best for us. And Nick Newman this week, as you say, have 24 disposals, 11 marks, which is the most in the game, four tackles, nine intercept possessions, five score involvements, 11 pressure acts, five rebound 50s, 461 meters gained. To have that performance in a nutshell, you're going, mate, that is unbelievable. Great game from Nick Newman. 
But then on the mm. flip side, to stop Toby Green, no influence on the contest, only one goal, five disposals, career low again. Unbelievable. <laughs> we, we spoke about what Saad was able to do last week, attack while giving, making sort of making Stengel have to defend and making yep. him accountable. Nick Newman did that this week and he's starting to become one of the better small defenders in the competition with his ability to defend, to lock down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played a bit of a role on Dustin Martin in round one. Not too sure exactly who he played on last week. There was a bit of a committee rotation around yeah. a few guys. Yep. But this is a massive performance from him. And I guess seeing him, seeing what Saad did the week before, what Newman did in round one, the the discussion of, do we have to get Plowman in? Who's playing on these smalls? <laughs> We're starting yeah. to not even bother having to talk about this because individuals are stepping up. The team defense is stepping up. This is such a positive, I think, you can take from this game going forward that our small defenders are getting the jobs done. And this week, Nick Newman was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. No, you've you've summarized it perfectly. I mean, not a lot of the things that I'm worried about with this team are things happening inside yeah. out defensive 50 and mm. with that back six and seven. Like, mm. that's, that's where all the big positives are for me. Yeah. Look, and, and the last one for me, which we'll, we'll just touch on it briefly, was I was mm-hmm. hoping for a big game from Mitch McGovern. I was wanting him to be the controller yes. down back, back to his big intercepting ways and then transitioning the ball forward for us. And look, I, I don't think he had a bad game. I thought he was solid. Thought he neither, was good. Neither. Definitely more on the positive side than negative. I liked that he he definitely took the game on. There was that one bad kick in the middle, but I liked that yeah. he was trying to take the Me corridor too. kick on when it felt like Me we too. were maybe not attempting that as much through that period of the game. His tackle late was unbelievable. Loved yeah. his pressure, loved his intensity. He's building into the season nicely. It was probably his best game so far this year. Maybe it wasn't that step that yes. I was asking for, the All-Australian-esque, but definitely better than it than it was bad, I suppose, which is a weird way yeah. of saying it. I agree. I think that the signs are there that he can keep building. Mm. I, I do have faith in him. Just if you can just stay healthy... I yeah. was out of my seat when he went down oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. you are absolutely kidding me. Um, if you can get that consistency, I agree. I love that he takes the game on and mm. I'm pretty sure he like did one of those in the first few minutes of the game mm. and I was like, and, and it worked and I was like, good, <laughs> yeah. good for him. Like he, he probably shouldn't have as much confidence as he has to bite off those kicks with some of the ones that he's done the first two. Um, but with some of the, our, our defenders like young and, Weedering, uh, kind of like they're not. They don't always look. They don't look to be that attacking, and yeah. so that's what we like Gov to be able to do. So I have so much faith in him that he'll mm. keep building. Just don't get injured. Yeah, that that is the big one. And look, another big narrative from this game. Um, it's talking about us building into the season. We're we're undefeated, which is the positive. Last year we probably yeah. started a little bit hotter. The performances were maybe a yes. little bit more exciting, you could say. Obviously, that fizzled out later in the year. And the, and the, the talk about maybe our lesser exciting performances so far has been, it's all good. We're building into the season. We're starting a bit slower. Got areas to improve. We're banking wins. Mm. And we're going to keep building throughout the year. I guess, how are you feeling about this narrative? And is that how you've kind of <laughs> seen things so far, Lucky? Well, it suits my optimistic outlook on most things. So it, it fits with my own little internal narrative, which mm. is good. 
I mean, like you've said, there's definitely some concerns and some worrying things that are out there. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are specific to personnel. Some of them are like the game plan things where mm. last week we're like, oh, we understand now that it can be there, and we, but we still can't do it every week, which I guess speaks to that building into yeah. the season narrative. So I'm not going to put mm. anything too harsh on it and, and say that I, I think we, we are building. That's what we, like, I, I don't think we're, mm. we're not doomed. So yes. I don't know. What, what do you say on the matter? I'm sure you'll mm. be a bit more of a realist, probably, probably more sensible than that. Oh, I'd, say, I'd say probably more pessimistic, unfortunately. Like the, the optimist in me will say, yes, like obviously so much can happen. We showed last week the best of Carlton. This week was again more towards the worser side that we can get. But mm-hmm. the optimist says we've shown we've shown what the best is, so we can get there. And we know what isn't working. So that, that therefore it may be easier to address. I think just the concern is, and maybe I've put too much on this week, wanting us to take that step to not necessarily just go out there and beat GWS by 100 points, but it just be a consistent, mm. nice performance, games done early, and we just show that we are a better team. And uh, the concerns, yeah. I guess, come around that we've we've gone back into our shell, showing that, that worse side of Carlton. And it's all the same things that were the question marks from round one before the start of the season. It's all the things we know. It's what we saw last season. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm kind of sitting now going, I'd love to say that we're building into this season and there's still a chance we can do that. But because we probably haven't proven anything yet, we're still that team that we're going into, you know, this game against North Melbourne and I'm not confident because I don't know what Carlton we're still going to see. Yeah. And there's still those question marks on players, question marks on certain parts of the game plan, mentality, all those pieces, because that's all still there. And you try to tell yourself like we've changed, but when all those things keep bubbling to the surface, it's hard to just say, it's Mm. just going to be better because we're going to get more weeks into the season. Um, So yeah, I guess there's still concerns for me clearly. I know there is for you as well. Um, Yeah. But it's just a hard one just to sit here confidently saying it's just all going to be all right because we just haven't seen enough yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I for sure. And I, I'm not saying it's something that's just going to take time either. Like it's more, say if we'd been smashed last week and we were mm. 1-1 in a draw and this is and that's this is the body we'd seen, I'd be way more pessimistic because it's like, well, we haven't actually seen the good stuff yet. Yeah, And that's why last week was so significant for me that it's like, okay, at least now we can see mm. that we can beat, well, John's going to win the wooden spoon, but we can assumingly do that against a good team. Mm. Yeah. So that that's why I think, it. oh God, it's going to take some tweaking and some things need to change, but yeah. I'm going to be be hopeful. Mm. And, like, and I have to call this one out now. Like I'm not being, you know, I know some people don't like when you're this guy. But that wasn't the normal George Hewitt. You'd agree? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, was, yeah. that was not him. Definitely, definitely also, him. Also, Walsh Kennedy. Mm. So, like, if we had healthy Hewitt and those two guys, the midfield, which I felt like is the area that I want to talk about, it, when that's all normal and functioning properly, I think we're elevated way more. 
Yeah. Um, so it's it's little things like that across where I think it, we can build, but it's not just a time thing. If we just mm. keep doing the same thing with time, I don't think we're we're not a top four team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think just to, to round off this before we go into the next yeah, yeah. thing, because I think I think you've nailed a lot of good talking points there, and we don't worry, we will talk about the midfield <laughs> as we get going into this because I know you're you're raring to go on that one. Oh, but yeah, it's just because. We haven't shown it because I was probably wanting us to be a bit further advanced currently. That's yes. probably where this all pessimistic side comes from. But again, it's it's nice that we are expecting more and wanting more when previously these these wins, you're going, you're taking them. You're oh, taking whatever you can get. It's a positive thing for us to be looking at this again and going, okay, I want more though. And I think that's healthy. It's a healthy yep. questioning of things. But let's get into the positives from this hockey, we've touched on a couple, but I guess, what did you take away from this that you were happy with? Hmm, interesting. Well, we've touched on a few of them. I mean, maybe we could round yeah. that out first. Like, I just think yeah, the way that it. the way that our defense, mm. when teams are entering inside fifty, not talking yeah. about transition defense necessarily, but when teams are kind of structured and going forward, I just have so much faith in mm. us to be able to repel. Um, yeah, we, we kept GWS, GWS to a low score. This is three weeks in a row where opponents have not kicked a whole bunch of goals on us. And I think it's just such a testament to the guys that we have back there and how much faith I have in them. Mm. And Chuck Cowan in there too, because yeah. boy, do I love that man. And I'm so glad that he is continuing to get a go. Mm. And I think they'll keep giving him a go. So yeah, the, no, the defensive guys. I, yeah, I thought Cowan was really good late in particular. I thought he, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's he young, better. so you can't expect a perfect performance. But what I was really, really impressed by was really late in that game where the game was there to be won. He was getting his hands on the footy. They almost looked to be feeding it to him at stages, using it well, getting that ball moving, and those are little things you want to see. You want to see him wanting to take those moments on. So yeah, I think the defense. Held up really, really well. They make me super confident in that. Um, I, I mean, I've got still a, a bunch of positives, which is probably that yeah. contrast from round one that you were talking about. One, we'll, we'll touch yep. on this in more detail later, but I did just want to say that I liked that we were at least able to adjust in that second quarter to the way GWS were transitioning. Maybe came a bit too late, but hmm. the fact that we were able to sort that out definitely yeah. is a positive. But I'll go on to one man that we need to talk about. Absolute monster. And that is Patrick Cripps. I mean, 42 disposals, 13 clearances. The next best was Tom Green with seven. I mean, that is just unbelievable. 11 score involvements, 30 pressure acts. That's insane numbers. 563 meters gained. They're just some crazy stats, but he was doing, it was like vintage Cripps of him doing everything he possibly could (laughs) to get us over the line in that game. And to top it off, I love his little quarter time. Bake of the boys. I like to see <laughs> him stepping up as a leader, which you maybe don't get to see a lot. Um, not to say mm. he doesn't do it, but you don't always get to see it in the public light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him really going, look, I'm not happy with that, boys, and I'll let you, let you know about it. What did you kind of make of what Paddy Cripps was able to do out there against the Giants? Yeah, unbelievable. But kick a goal, mate. Set the bar <laughs> even higher. Yeah. Hit that scoreboard as well. Nah, it's stupid. He was just in every single play. Mm. Um, just he's obviously just so incredibly determined. Goes yeah. so hard. Um, God, what else can you say about that man? Vintage Cripper. Mm. That's so funny. Yeah. How old is he? Twenty-seven. 
Yeah. yeah. And it, it's so Prime. it's insane as well, just knowing that we obviously don't have Kennedy in there. Hewitt's a little yeah. bit underdone or, or still feeling the effects of that hand injury. Walsh isn't yeah. in there. He obviously has to try and step up and he takes that upon himself and to give that performance. Even if he didn't get all those disposals, I thought when he got it, he was so influential. Really, like yeah. it, it was oh, those yeah. in and under handballs. It was the continual contested grind. The amount of 50-50 duels that was pro- probably should have been GWS were out and he was able to nullify and even the contest. Those are the little things for me that I'm now loving. It's not the 42 disposals. It's those little things from Cripper. And I, I just thought he was yeah. an absolute monster. Uh, what else would did you take from that game in a positive light? <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I was spouting off before about how I thought there was a lot more positives than thinking about the Richmond game. I'm keen to hear what else you have because no, I don't have a lot others that jump out. I mentioned Sauce. Um, yeah. Like I thought he was a lot better than mm. his first game. Um, but I wasn't super... Yeah, I want to stay in the positive route. So I'll let, I'll let yep. you drive this. Then I can be the negative boy for once later. <laughs> I like that. Let's let's flip reverse it for sure. Look, all yeah. mine are honestly just individual efforts. There wasn't too much, no. I, I suppose, strategy in those kind of things. Uh, I'll, t- I'll touch on a couple quickly. I thought Motlop showed Good. quite a lot. Really, really yes. impressive. Potentially one of his best games for us. Just didn't stop all day. 17 disposals, two goals. Second yep. one was unbelievable. Uh, nine score involvements, 16 pressure acts. And he got one of our three inside 50 tackles. When If you've only got three <laughs> and he gets one of them, that deserves a shout <laughs> out. A uh, do you want me to just keep Love rattling it. off players yeah, and then we can kind of go into it? Yep, easy. I'll, this is great. I'll, I'll, I'll go to Silvani because we we're pretty big on him last week. I know a lot were quite negative on his performances. Yep. Wanting to get him back in that half-forward role and see what he can offer. I thought he answered the critics well there. 19 disposals, nine marks, which was the big one. We still have some issues yep. with that mid-forward connection. I thought he drove a lot of the positive signs from that. Gets a goal, nine score involvements. Still wasn't perfect, still a lot to build on, but yes. incredibly pr- impressed. We saw what we were seeing. It's probably Silvani's best, I suppose, last season. Uh, I'll round off yep. with a few more people. I'll go yep. Doherty, thought he was incredibly important late. The switch with him and Chera, it happened a few times throughout that game and then late in that contest, super vital. Chera down at halfback with some clean ball movement. Doherty in there to get the meters gained, to drive the territory. 39 disposals, 10 marks, mm. 10 score involvements. And then one humongous goal. Again, he just he loves Stupid. booting him from 60 meters out. Thought Akers was incredibly brave with his shoulder. Yes. Um, oh 21 goodness. disposals, five marks, seven score involvements, 518 meters gained. One of our three inside 50 tackles. Um, last <laughs> two people. And can, Spoiler. Or is that going to be? Uh, it was Corey Durden, who's not unfortunately yeah. in my notes there. Last two oh, will stiff. be Ollie Hollands, who keeps impressing for yep. me. 13 disposals, four tackles. 92% disposal efficiency, which is quite good. 22 mm-hmm. pressure acts, just kept hounding. Thought he had some great defensive efforts late in that game. There was a big spoil, and there was one GWS inside 50 that he just sort of lunges across, dives on it, gets the intercept, makes it a contest, draws that 50-50, which is beautiful. And then shout out to Matty Owies for his little cameo early on. It's a shame he got injured because he only had the four disposals. Two goals, three score involvements is insane. Uh, what did you make of all yeah. those guys? If you need me to go back through who I named, yeah. feel free. There's, no. there, were, there were quite a few that I enjoyed their individual parts of, of our game. Yeah, you're right. I was being a bit of a, a negative Nancy there when the positives weren't flowing 
in my mind. Acres, God, I'm so happy that yeah. he is a blue. Far oh, out. Yeah. Like, it's such a different... Man, we look so different with him and Hollands out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so pleased with him. And I believe that he can still build and build as well mm. as he gets more comfortable in with what we're doing. Mm. Yeah. He's, man, sorry, Hol- he's, and, kicked, yeah. he's kicked to Matty Owies, that <laughs> absolute bomb. They just find him there is... We have not had many players in our team that can pull that out. Uh, he was hundred percent the the correct decision and perfect execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I can't like Holland and Cowan. I know you, you mentioned Holland's. Like, I'm just I'm just so happy with yeah. what we're getting from them. I think even though even though they had a great preseason, we mm-hmm. will still like uh, like yeah. what are we going to get from such young guys? Far out. They've stepped up and it's a good thing because I don't know who I would be wanting to take their places had they not stepped up. So that's a massive positive. Hopefully they can mm. keep it going. Hopefully. Um, yes, those are our positives. Unfortunately, we're going to gear it back towards the negative. I'm going back Let's towards do it. Lockie's mood, I think, on this one. <laughs> yeah, but we sour. Kicked, <laughs> we kicked nine goals, 20, which is insane to think about. And look, there's probably a lot of factors that led to that and, Mm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, <laughs> I guess, influenced that and, and our, kind of led to our poor goal kicking that led to the nine goals, 20? And is that a concern mm. for you going forward? Definitely a concern. And I don't know, maybe you'll help me see the light as you always do. I don't know where to put the majority of it on mm. because yeah. I I can't tell whether it's more about the the delivery in there or whether it's about the forwards themselves mm. and just like the, the structure mm. of it all, because I, there, there didn't seem to be the method yeah. going forward. And unless the method was, we go long to a contest mm. or whether it's more on the forwards and where they're positioning themselves and where they're moving, mm. that it's like you we're forced to do that. Um, and I don't know if you have, I didn't put myself through watching this game again. I couldn't do that to myself, but so I don't have the right answer. It seems mm. like so many times where it's like Harry and Charlie going up, Charlie and Soss yeah. going up, bumping into each other. Um, and it's like, shouldn't one of these guys be like, have gotten to the 50 on, on, on a lead mm. that got ignored. And now mm. it's like, I just don't, I don't get it, but it, it we can't do this every week. No. And like, you kind of nail it. Like it's not as simple as just one thing. And it feels as if it's so many different factors. You can't just blame the forwards because it's also a bit of the mids fold. It's kind of everyone at the moment. And I don't know if there needs to be heat towards a, and and not in a massive negative way, but more of like a, come on, let's, let's figure out a way around this towards an Ash Hanson, who is that forward line coach, the big tactical genius that we've brought in to solve this. Cause it seems Mm. like his department at the moment is, a bit of an issue and it's that it's that mid forward connection i agree that is an issue we're not making good looks in front of goal like we kicked nine goals 20 so many were rushed behinds so many of the attempts for goal that we did kick behinds weren't amazing looks anyway so we're not generating great kicks from great positions Mm -hmm. the delivery inside 50 and the method like you're alluding to isn't great either the leading isn't great um, I guess we'll, we'll kind of touch on a few of them because probably the big one is that the, the clusteredness of our big key forwards yes. seem to be the big topic. And I don't know exactly what to make of it, but 
Like, cause I can understand the point of at times you need those two to be leading from deep and pushing forward. And at, at stages, mm. one of them needs to go and put the block on the other big defender to allow Harry to take the mark or allow Charlie. But I don't know. Is it, is it just chemistry? Is it, do you think it's coaching? Like, I know we don't necessarily have the straight answers. Is there anything mm. that you're kind of looking at it going like, if it keeps happening, is that coaching now that these two continually bump yeah. into each other and they can't take it in turns? I think it's what I'm it's that's the place I'm drawing to. And and it and it may not even just be about those two either. It's just our whole mm. the whole general way that our forward fifty, forward half looks. Yeah. Where like they're in a cluster, but there's never space anywhere. Mm. And this weekend is not a good example because I thought it was a pretty disgusting week for footy all around. Pretty much every yeah. game that I watched, I was like, gee, that was a bit gross. And no one was really able to do that. But you look at other teams and just how much how they get space mm. in their forward 50 and they manage to get holes and they hit those holes, mm. um, which it doesn't just doesn't feel like we have in our wheelhouse. So I guess I, mm. it is like a I go towards it being a coaching thing as, yeah. as, a, as a big element. Mm. It feels like that because of the positioning of these guys. I wonder if to put it back on the players, like devil's advocate, mm. look at it at all yeah. sides, whether there's like a bit of a selfishness at times, instead of someone wanting to do the team thing and lay the block, they're looking yep. like, Oh, I'll go for the marks. I notice, and not to put anyone under the bus. It's just an example, but like I've noticed there's a few times where like Jay sauce will lead up for the mark and take it as well, where it's like, that's Charlie's like you, you stay down. That's not your role. Then it also yeah. happens when Harry and Charlie are there. So I'm not too sure what is happening yeah. there, whether it's a chemistry thing. I know we've got some inexperienced smalls there. And I, I don't oh. know, like, is it work rate? There's so many question marks on it. And yeah. there's clearly an issue. And, and then you can look further at that and look at the half forwards and their issue connecting the mids to the forwards. There's, there's clearly a hole in that. And I've said there's a list hole in this for years that we seemingly haven't addressed. And I guess a mm. guy you can kind of bring out of that is Zach Fisher. Some people are saying they didn't mind his game work rate wise and things. Some people are saying it needs to be dropped. Let's deep dive into the Fisher discussion. Where do you Let's. kind of see him at the moment? And what did you make of his performance in that game against GWS? I agree on the work rate comments. Like I did feel like I felt like he was trying more than, than I had mm. in the first kind of two weeks. Uh, I don't feel like he's currently playing at a standard that is what we need. Yes, but I agree. I don't know what I don't know what we're replacing that with, because we're probably going to need to um, replace uh, Owies, obviously, and then potentially Acres. So, where does that leave us? I'm not. I wouldn't be dropping him to to make three changes. That's for sure. But. God, I, he's not giving what we need, personally. No, like, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. And the big one and the big issue, and we'll get into this more when we do our match build-up, but it, it's clearly around, like, who comes in for him. And that's probably the yeah. hardest thing. Right now, I would probably be saying, drop him, get some form, sort it out. Your performance isn't up to the level. Bring someone else in. But there just isn't. Yeah. Anyone knocking down that door, like is the probably the replacement is like a honey or maybe a Jack Martin if he's fit. But like again, oh. like neither of those are what you're necessarily wanting to bring in. So the question kind of is do you bring someone in just to teach Fisher a, a, a lesson in a way? Or are you just not rewarding 
anything Ugh. else. You just try and work it out for him. And yeah, his stats don't read well. His heat map was, he was getting it all in the defensive half. So there was a bit of strong work rate. I noticed he was mopping up a lot of it deep full back wise, which was good. But he's best when yep. he's forward of the ball, when he's involved in that. And when we're not getting that out of Fisher, I don't love it. His tackles were down. Just so many negative parts of his game. He's not getting on the scoreboard. I think he got something like 17 disposals or something nuts where I'm like, how did you even, I don't feel like oh, you touched I couldn't the ball believe that. That much. And again, that issue is around where is he getting those possessions? And it's not where we want the ball in Fisher's hands. And mm. yeah, for him to not lay yeah. a tackle, we're not getting that intensity around the contest. I don't know what it is that's lacking currently from his game. But when he's playing the way he is, it's not helping us transition the ball forward. Because as, as I say, when he's involved in it, when he's getting the ball, we seem to look so good getting the pace around it. And mm. yeah, it's it's a conundrum. I think we, we, we spoke about this a, a bit before with a bunch of different players. And things stand out for me as I read down this list of guys. But for Fisher, tell me, what what is his best? What's his biggest strength? Like, what's the best thing that we get from him, having him in the team? I would probably say his burst away and usage of the ball inside 50, kicking goals from outside 50, that speed component away, being that guy you handball out to and and take off. Because I think when he, if you looked at his stats, I would say his possessions in that forward half, a lot would lead to a score involvement. I would suppose, but I kind agree. of agree with where you're probably taking this, and I'm I'm keen to hear hear you talk yeah. about it more. Well, I agree that I mean that's what I would put my finger on as well. But how often does that happen? Mm. And is that's that like now? saying, yeah, it's like saying, yeah, Jack Martin's favorite best thing is is when he bursts in the forward fifty. Oh, great! Well, that's great for once a game, mm. but does that deserve a list spot, a uh, 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 squad spot? I think that I think that kind of I'm starting to maybe I'm reading too much into this as well. I'm mm. looking at him around the contest, and I know he's like his slider frame. He's not super strong around the contest, and it kind of goes back yeah. to you talking about like what are his strengths, what are the weaknesses, and I don't know if he's bringing enough strengths that you couldn't get from. And maybe we don't have it in the list at the moment, and maybe that's the yes. issue. Like he's staying because we don't have anyone else. But that we need someone that can offer more aspects, like someone that can tackle a little bit harder, someone that is bigger, because he feels like the moment mm. watching him, he feels like a small forward. And we've currently got three that are kind of performing that role more. And I have some sympathy because I know how hard that high half forward role is. And you can go missing in games. It's hard to be consistent. Yep. And you don't 100% know exactly what role Vossi is trying to get out of him. We don't know if he's trying to be more defensive and push higher up the ground to help out the defensive structure so he can elevate forward. Mm. But he's just not getting the ball where we need it in his hands for, I think, drivers forward, and that's hurting that mid-forward connection. And when that's not working, the microscope goes on that position, and he's one of the first ones to look at it because we saw how good he was last year, took that step forward, feels like he's gone right back to B. And I'll throw out what I used to call him, that question mark player. And I'm starting to question whether he's – and this sounds stupid, but like whether he's a player going forward for us or whether we need to find someone oh. else to play that role. Because currently we want to be top four. We want to hold up standards and he's just not offering enough. Yeah. 
No, I don't think that's stupid at all. And and like just to round it out, I think for me, the massive thing we're looking for around the middle of the ground, particularly, is speed and good use yeah. of the ball. And if they're his strengths, well, then he should be bringing it the majority yeah. of weeks, not occasionally. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And we'll touch on someone else in that forward half that maybe isn't in the best form at the moment. And that is unfortunately big Harry Mackay. What are you kind of making of him at the moment? Is there anything you're kind of seeing in his game apart from obviously like the goal king that you think letting him down or Mm. yeah, where is he kind of at right now? Yeah, God, I want to just say, just have faith and that it will just turn around. I'm definitely not going to put him under the microscope Mm. too much. I think I think it relates more to just the general flavor of our forward line at the moment and everything we kind of mm. spoke about earlier. I think there's every chance that he'll kick five this week. Yeah, like I, I don't. Um, is Ben Mackay healthy? No. Did he play? Did you watch? He's not. He's not playing. He's no. Nah, he's got like um, a stress fracture in his foot or something like that. Yeah. And now Griffin Logue might be out too. Yes, I saw that. Um, yeah, so no, I'm not going to read into it too much. And I think there's every, it's even more likely than not that he kicks a bag this week, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, his uh, he's forward craft's been in a bit of a rut these first three weeks. And I'm yeah. hoping that's not a trend. It looks at it at the moment, looks like he's down a bit. But again, like he's, he's that player that can change. I, I do, I want to agree. And so I'm, I'm looking towards that. It's just, there's a lot of issues with that forward line. The yeah. leading patterns, what's happening, positioning, entry, everything. And I think that's a contributing factor. I thought in this game, and I might be wrong, it's hard to judge from the TV. It mm. looked as if he didn't maybe push as high as I've seen him in previous games like he did last week. And I wonder if that's been a bit of a factor as well, where if he's not pushing up, being a bit more of that mm. connector, that that's having a bit of an influence. But his goal kicking is starting to become a big talking point. And if he goes again this week yeah. and misses those easy chances, we're going to be having another discussion. So I'm hopeful it can change. He's yeah. been a common medalist, so it can, but it just needs to turn around. Now he's got to take the chances that he does get. Talking about scoring. Yes. Nice little segue on this. We get to score 100 points this season. And uh, yeah, I guess scoring in these last two games have been a concern. We've touched on a fair few reasons for that. A couple of... People are bringing up that we've been quite strong defensively so far this season. And they're asking the question whether we've shifted too defensive. Maybe like I've spoken, maybe in a Fisher role, pushing higher up the ground. Do you think that that's been a factor in us losing a bit of our attack? Do you think that that's a bit of a reason for our scoring decline that we maybe looked quite defensive? We saw it in that round one, moving the ball quite slow. Do you Mm. think the way that we're setting up, we're trying to make sure that we're not, conceding heavy goals and therefore our scoring's dried up? Do you see that as a, a factor? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, that definitely felt like the case in round one. Like, mm. no doubt. No doubt. But then it was different last week. Yeah. So that's why it's it's such such a hard time to talk about these things where the sample mm. size is so small. I, I don't... That doesn't really resonate with me. Yeah. Like... I think we could have kicked over 100 points in this game with some pretty minor, like, Mm. adjustments. Not that they're easy adjustments, but, like, man, I I think it's so much more about the connection. Like, I I still felt like we were being attacking. And I think it's more of just uh, a testament to the defenders being so Mm. excellent. Like, I I don't necessarily think it's a change in 
in our game plan to do that. Um, yeah, mm. God. Like some of those goals that we should have just kicked and then, oh. I don't know, I, I, I'd love a counter of how many times, of how many of those inside 50s were just bombed mm. on heads and not even like to our advantage. Um, so, no, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm saying no. But what about you? Uh, I'm glad we're, we're aligned, which is off-brand for us. Because I, I kind know, of agree, is, and I've yeah. heard that get thrown out a bit, and I agree. It felt very much that in the first game. Not so much in this. You can even lead to that third quarter where we kind of had to respond after flipping it back on the second quarter. Third mm. quarter, I thought we dominated everything and probably should have Agreed. if we were better at executing in everything. Goal kicking, getting it in there, basically 90% of everything. Then we kick 10 yep. goals in that quarter and the game's done. We miss, and then it tenses up in that last quarter. What happens, happens. So I think it's. I think we have improved in our defense, but I don't think that that's a massive factor in this. I agree. I think there's a lot of other kind of issues around it. Uh, we'll pivot mm. a little bit and we'll look towards, I guess, um, I've almost lost my run sheet. Let me find it out here. Ooh, and talking about sheet. that first talking about that first quarter, talking about transition, talking about the midfielders that you kind of wanted to allude to. Everything can kind of get thrown into this cauldron. We'll see what we cook up from it. Because the question kind of is in the first quarter, they were walking it out of our defense, particularly from the kick-ins, all the trends that we normally see. I think three of their first four kick-ins resulted in scores. Not the first time this has happened. What do you put it down to? Is this a trend? Is it an off day? Talk about everything. Take it away, Lockie. Mm. Yeah, far out. I, I want to say off day, and it was just a kind of – we just weren't structured up in the right yeah. way, it seemed. Like, we were, we were – being too attacking, if anything, like to your point about us being too defensive, it was like, mm. it seemed like we were being too confident that we were going to be able to keep it in our half and then a little, um, you know, little holes open up and they and they get through. Mm. I, I think the main comment that I would make is, maybe it was when we were talking about round one, I think you asked me maybe about our midfield and whether I was kind of concerned about them. And I was like, mate, don't even, don't even bring that up. We know that our midfield is like our bread and butter, and that's our number one thing. Mm. I'm just having I'm, now. I'm starting to just think about it a little bit more. I, I, as I said before, that was half a Hewitt, and Walsh yeah. and Kennedy make such a difference. But I don't know. I, I just I, I'm I'm wondering whether that's like our finished product midfield, or whether there's another guy that's out there that. Mm that would help us like whether they're just, it's too, it's too samey. Like some of these guys, it's like, where's the, who's the, who's the super fast guy? Who's the guy that Mm. like, like you spoke about, about when it's late in the game, who do you want to have the ball in their hands? We need to have a mid that's like that. Mm. Like, am I going to mention Nick Dacos on this podcast every week? (laughs) I'm so sorry, everybody, but he never makes a mistake. Like who's our mid that never makes a mistake. Hmm. That's the harsh thing, I suppose. And yeah, like uh, GWS, they came out attacking. We were probably caught off guard, which kind of annoys me. I don't like that. Why are we getting caught off guard by GWS? Like we should be catching them (laughs) off guard. I hate that. And I thought they attacked us and they were looking to take the game on and take risks. And look, they executed really, really well. I think some of their kicks... Like, there's not too much you can do about it. Oh, they were looking to so take it wide and go inboard. And some of them, you're like, mate, 
like applaud that. That's unbelievable. You've <sighs> nailed a 70 meter bomb that's gone straight to the bloke. It's cut us open. There's not too much you can do, but there were other times where I thought we took too long to adjust to them wanting to attack the corridor. And then I thought the mids, they look, they look slow when that happens and it happens round one. And how much yeah. of that is the midfield is slow. How much of it is them not working hard enough? Is it other components, other lines not working hard enough to work in conjunction with them? What is it? Is it placement? Is it strategy? There's so many question marks. And I think some of it is, like you're alluding to, there is a slight missing piece in that midfield. And some of it is, is it just Kennedy and Walsh? And maybe underdone injured Hewitt? Like, is that literally the difference? There's a good chance that it is. And so I don't want to go too harsh totally. or too many conclusions this early on it because last week it looked unbelievable. So it is hard to just say it's one thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there, there needs to be a little bit of polish. I was kind of hoping that that was going to be Chera. I know he's still young. I think he's 23. So he still has steps to go in that. Yeah, But we do need that. We I think you've nailed it. Like we need that guy, that the composed one that spreads from the contest, the, the, the leader in there that you just go, oh my God, he's the silky polished article that takes yeah. us forward. Because we've got so many guys that can win the contest, get the ball out. But who are they getting it out to? We've improved with our wingers big time and, and using those guys out wide. We've improved a little bit with, I think, you know, Mitch McGovern getting the ball moving, yep. Adam Saad. We've got some players around there. We need those half forwards to get involved and we need that extra midfield piece. And I, I, I'm, I'm at the moment going to bank that that's Sam Walsh and that is literally, we've just got that Sam Walsh shaped hole in this squad at the moment in this team. Yes. I hope it's that. I hope it's not more, but I mean, anything could, totally. could happen with it. Um, was there any other reason you think that their transition and defending the transition at stages has been bad for mm. us? as a team defense? Because it seems like teams continually kind of walk it out too easy. It's a trend that shouldn't be continuing. I don't know. Uh, I hope it's, again, something that we can Mm. iterate on as we understand more and more why teams do it. I think maybe sometimes it's our placement of our non-talls at a contest. I'm not sure if you notice this, like the times where... It's obviously a marking contest. The talls all go up and suddenly they're now running away with it. Mm. I particularly noticed that a lot against Richmond, um, but but still in this game too. I don't know if, if that's a, mm. a game plan set yeah. up kind of thing or whether it is just about the speed of the guys that if they they get the crumb, for want of a better word, off a, a marking contest in our forward mm. half and suddenly they're off and we can't defend it, maybe. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Like, our smalls to, to look at the positive side of this, I guess, or the glass half full. Like mm. our smalls are inexperienced, so maybe there's an element of that. I think yep. they do work quite hard, but are they nailing the spots due to inexperience potentially? I think yeah, when the midfield struggles there and gets out of position, that hurts the forward structure and the forwards. Maybe that midfield connection can struggle on that. I think losing always does hurt it a little bit, but then when we had him on the field in that first quarter, it wasn't working and then we got better afterwards. So I don't know. I don't know exactly mm. what it is. Maybe there's an element of JSOS being in there, getting used to that role again and whether defensively, I know there's times and I don't want to just narrow my focus on him, but I know that there's times that you see on the broadcast, it just looks, he's like just walking in the background and not 
mm. helping. And it's mm. like, is, is that an element? Is he out of position, not working hard enough? Is he gassed? Is he not passing on to the next guy? Is there lack of communication? It's clearly an issue. And I'm hopeful that we, we can build into this season in that mm. way of sorting this out. And in a few rounds, this is no longer a hole. It's something we've worked on, something we've built on, and it can be a, a positive for us now. Um, at least the magnifying yeah. glass is on this right now, and that can mean that we maybe look to address it. But it's an interesting one. But, I mm. mean, again, and I want to caveat all of this because I know we're being super negative, which may be a good thing, but at least we did get the win in this one. We, ground, we grinded it yeah. out, and we can learn in a win. We can learn in a win. Totally. And, and this is the, the nature of us doing uh, now two times a week. Which yeah. Really spoke Look about. at us. Two times a week podcast is that we do like react to what we've just seen and we try and talk about mm. the priesthood that has been set in earlier weeks as well. But these are these are the reactions front of mind. Like mm. far out that Geelong game feels like forever yeah. ago and so much has changed, but it could all turn around next week and we'll be eating our words. Mm. But I will be. I won't put you in that boat. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But speaking of words, Lockie. Speaking oh. of words, there was a big decision <laughs> that has so taken great. the headlines oh. from this game. It's pretty good. Some choice words potentially from a Stephen Caniglio, or as the umpire like to call him there, Caniglio. So good that he <laughs> gives away the free kick and then can't even say his name correctly. But we love it because it worked our way. What did you make great. of the dissent decision, Lockie? It's the big one that gets spoken about. Where are you going with it? Yeah, I, I don't actually have a whole lot to say on it. Other than that, it just wasn't. Oh. It just shouldn't have been there. Like, mm. really. Fair enough. I, I, I think it was a great call. <laughs> oh, I didn't say it wasn't a great call. Like it was great, but it was a bad. Yeah. It was a bad thing mm. to happen to the game because. Yeah. It's like, do you want them calling that every time mm. a player does it? Like, every, the other games that I watched on Sunday, I was like, oh, great! Someone does that literally every single free kick. Yeah, someone puts their hands up like that and says something, mm. and we don't want them. And we don't want them calling all of them. And they either have to no. call all of them or none of them. So it's it's an interesting discussion, definitely. And I don't know where I sit on it. And maybe I am looking at it at a the incorrect way because, and maybe it's just because it didn't happen to us. So I can do. Yeah, this. I was just going to say that. I think that's I think that's the big thing because you never know what Cornelio actually said. Now, the umpire, mic'd up, has said, he asked, why was that a free kick? And so he's given him yep. the decision. And I think um, Brad Johnson and Brownie touched on this well after the game, saying, like, mm. the umpire's not necessarily going to come out on live TV and say some swear words or infer oh. that Cornelio has called him or whatever. There's a yep. chance that he's just played it down and gone the simple words and said that. Because, look, mm. I agree. 100% agree. If it was simply, he asked, what, what do you go? Come on, mate. That's a free kick. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Ridiculous free kick. That should not be a part of our game. But there's two caveats to that. You don't know what Cornelio said. Was he abusive? Was he whatever? If that happened, then like, fair enough. And then Agreed. also that I don't think's really been brought up. You don't necessarily know how much Cornelio has been going throughout the game. Like if he's been doing this at every Great single contest well. and the umpire eventually has gone, mate, I'm sick of this. Every single time there's a decision, you're arcing up, you've yep. had enough. And if those right for context reasons have happened, then I'm fine with them paying it. But I agree, optics, and if it was simply 
he's gone in the moment, gone, what are you doing? Like, come on, mate. That's a free kick. And the umpires immediately called it. We don't want that in our game because you're either calling them all and it's stupid mm-hmm. or you're going to have these other issues. And I guess my last bit of um, analysis on it, I suppose, or perspective is probably the word I was looking for there that I eventually got to is I, people are throwing out like the Mitch McGovern one afterwards. And I'm fortunate that I do have a, a mate that's in the umpiring sphere. So I can sometimes go towards him to understand mm. the umpiring perspective on things. And a lot of the time when anything happens, the umpire is looking at the ball, the guy who's either the ball or the guy who's got the ball or getting the free kick. Mm. So a lot of the time, the actual umpire that's initiating it isn't looking at the guy on the boundary line screaming for a free kick. So some of yeah. those, if if there if that was a free kick, the Mitch McGovern one by the letter of the law, the umpire probably just missed it because he's currently looking at the umpire who's got the ball on the boundary throw in, looking at the ruckman to see all of that. They're not catching it. Now I know we've got like four umpires now, so someone could potentially be doing it, but you just never know where their eyes are focused because they're not trained to look at old mate Mitch McGovern who's just laid a tackle. That is not what they're yeah. instructed to be looking at. It's the ball and the bits where they're meant to be paying the free kicks. So I guess that's a bit of perspective on why yeah. those little ones don't get paid because they're just not meant to be looking there. Mate, that is brilliant, balanced perspective on it. I think you need to quickly clip this and send it off to Footy Classified <laughs> before they jump on because I know they'll be talking about it and I know it won't yeah. be as balanced as that. You're so right. I, and I agree with both of the two major points mm. you made on the matter. Um, uh, you're, I, I got suckered in to... Just believing the, you know, the mic'd up mm. ump, and you're right. There, there is a lot more nuance to it, as with everything that we talk about on here. So, yeah, well, played. but I, I, yeah, again, if it was, and if it happened to us, I'd be absolutely fuming. So, I guess we'll oh, maybe imagine. see how that one goes. Uh, let's get into the votes, Lucky. Let's get into the fun part of this. The fan votes in came in droves again, which we love to see on Twitter oh, at Navy Blue Corner, and they gave the one vote to Sam Doherty, two votes to our man or my man, Nick Newman, and three <laughs> votes to the one and only, the skipper, Paddy Cripps. Did your votes align with the fans, Lucky? They did, but I, no disrespect to anybody here, I would give the one vote to Daylight because I thought Cripps and Newman were like so far and away better than everybody else. Like I, I gave the one to Doherty like deserved, but Cripper and Newman, yeah. my word. My word. Particularly with Cripper, I think we might have even mentioned on the show last week, uh, we're not getting... We haven't seen Brownlow Crips these two games. Mm. There he is. Yeah. And and like we, we spoke about different roles and things like that, but it's always nice to see when everyone's struggling a little bit, we need someone to step up, that that's still obviously in his wheelhouse. And yeah, that's, that's Brownlow Crips. He's getting the three votes in that game. I've given him the three. I've given Nick yep. Newman the two. I almost gave him the three just because I thought I know, his role on Toby Green was so important. But then it's so hard to not give Paddy Cripps, who at the coalface was literally dragging us over the line. Uh, I've gone different with the one. And it's probably stiff on Doherty because I thought he was okay. unbelievable. There was a few I wanted to give it to. So shout out to Akers who battled hard with that shoulder. Yeah. The amount of times he just looked like he was about to have to go off the ground. Wanted to even maybe give it to a Motlop who I thought battled, but I've given it to Jack Silvani. Don't and I think that. it maybe it's clouded a little bit just because of what we were talking about last week, saying we need it. We need to see something. And I just thought his effort and when we were talking about, we spent this whole episode talking about mid-forward connection. It was unbelievable. Leading yeah. up, yeah, yeah, being yeah. the hit up, 
he was the shining light in that department. So I think I had to just sandwich in a little vote for him, but very stiff on Sam Doherty there. I, I, like I think he's definitely there. But we've got another segment, Lockie. It's lived one more week. We'll see if it keeps going. Here we go. Get me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the ceremony of ceremonies. Straighten your tie, adjust your monocle, and raise a pinky for the navy blue corner Hall of Fame. Regal. It's a prestigious one. It really is. And with this, as we're building into the season ourselves, we've talked about Carlton doing it. We're growing the segments. They're building. We're evolving. And Lockie's letting Iterating. Lockie has oh. let me down, which has caused the pivot, which has caused us to pivot because guess what? Doesn't have an entrant, an inductee this week into the Navy Blue oh. Corner Hall of Fame. So, I mean, okay, can take, I the just, floor, take the floor. Can I just say, I, I have so much respect for this segment and what you're trying to bring to the Navy Blue Corner community with the Hall of Fame. Not just anything can be thrown up there. Yeah. And I would, I feel like I'd be doing it a disservice if I pulled something out that wasn't worthy and, and nominated it. So over to you. Look, the only way to get on side with me is to give me a bit of a compliment. So I'll allow it. I'll allow it, Lockie. <laughs> I know what I know you're trying to manipulate me. I see right through it, but I love uh, it. So keep those. He's done it again. Coming my way. So what we're gonna do from now on is I'm gonna well and we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Lockie can do, but I'm gonna bring something every week. <laughs> We're going to hope Lockie brings something every week. And we want to reach out to you guys nice on week. socials at Navy Blue Corner, whatever, wherever you are. Let us know what you want to induct every week. And we'll try to bring three options. And then we get to vote here live on pod to see what gets inducted. Because like Lockie's saying, not everything can just go in there. We can't just be throwing no. something little in there. So I've had to come out and I've had to give three options here to Lockie. You've done a Patty and we'll see, And we'll see what gets in there. So we'll start. Firstly, by something that transpired before the game, not just on the day, but days leading up to the game, huh. it's become a bit of a cultural icon with this Carlton Football Club. And that was the mystery Carlton injury of the week. I'm looking to see if this can get inducted. <laughs> it's been a long running part of Pretty this good. podcast. The old, all of a sudden, okay, Hewitt's coming in. Is it JSOS? Is he getting dropped? Who's out? Who's out? Oh, Matty Kennedy's injured. Where did this come from? There's been no talk about it all week. The mystery Carlton injury has reared its head again. So that is a potential nominee. Another one is Sam Doherty kicking for goal outside 50. Yeah. That almost deserves to go in by itself. Strong nominee. Talking about the mid-forward connection, can we clone Doherty and just have him sitting at like the 60, 70 meter mark and just on top of his head because every time he gets it, I've never seen like a better set shot ever. And saying this, he's going to miss one this week because I've I've talked it up too much. So I'll try and touch all the wood possible in Same. this room currently. Hopefully, Lockie and the viewers are doing that at home. Please do. But we talk about, and this is a big one, we talk about who we want the ball in hand at times. Yep. Set shot to win the game after the siren. Oh, I feel like it's become Sam Doherty now, which you wouldn't oh. have said recently. So I think the Sam Doherty outside 50 lining up set shot could potentially be inducted, but the last the last nominee for the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame 
goes out to one man and that one man only. And that is Lockie O'Brien because I don't know what happened. And you may have caught this one on Twitter. Potentially <laughs> the best video I have ever seen of poor Lockie O'Brien. He's missed the team bus somehow. I don't know what he's done. That's almost a droppable offense in itself. Just him him standing there looking like a genuine schoolboy who's missed the bus. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's looking around. Great piece of, of footage there. Lockie O'Brien missing the team bus. Is a nominee. What are you going for? Is it Lob? Is it the mystery Carlton injury? Or is it Doherty outside 50? Who gets wow. inducted this week? The compliments are going to keep coming because I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the quality of those three nominees. Honestly, I could. they all week. feel like they deserve a place. Um, wow. I want to say, oh, I think the most Hall of Fame worthy there. It's got to be. It's got to be Doc from long range. Yeah, but there's going to be another week this season where we're going to be here talking about it. Do you need to see more? Do you need to see it to be a bit more of a trend? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. Nah, I think it deserves it. I think it's, locked in. It's everything. Lock it in. It's everything we need. Oh, it, was, it was between that and the the Carlton mystery injury. Because, mm. but again, we're going to well, see. Don't worry. That, again, that one's that one's got to rear its head at some stage. And and Lob missing the bus. Look, all three of these things we could see many times this season. Let's <laughs> let's be real. Might um, miss the team the next week. We'll, we'll wait and see. I, I love <laughs> but that. um, yeah. Look, I got to give big shout out to at Baggers Navy Navy Blue yep. Baggers on Twitter who got that amazing TMZ style footage of O'Brien. So we need to follow that account because who knows what we could be getting in the future if they were able to to snag that lovely piece of information. But there you go. Sam Doherty. Keep that on. And his big foot in. Keep, Keep it on. Keep that on for me. Right. I've ceremony, got... The ceremony's over. Oh, the ceremony's oh, no. over. Okay, this is, this is post-ceremony. Um, I need to start... You know, I love peppering you with, with trivia. And I need, I need to be yeah. doing it more. I need to have it more front of mind. Because I love either, you know, letting you prove yourself as a true bagger oh, and no. also exposing oh, no. you as having no idea. So, um, <laughs> Boy, how, many goals has, how many goals has Sam Doherty kicked in his career? In his career, oh God, I'm. See, this is the thing. I'm very bad with trivia. I, I don't feel like I nail it often, and so this is it. I always look like an idiot because I've got the memory of a goldfish. I think you'll know. Just for Carlton or for Brisbane as well. How specific are we getting? Oh, we'll, we'll we'll put the. You know what? Let's take out the one Brisbane goal. Let's was go. Was it Carlton. one? There you go. Carlton goals. It was one. So give Ooh. me Carlton goals. Let's go. There's a lot on the line here. Nine. Wow, eighteen! Oh wow! Yeah, oh, well off. Kicked, well off. There kicked, you go. He kicked seven goals, eight in his first season for Carlton. Jeez. So Forward. he must have been getting up there a little bit. Um, but yeah, it doesn't so feel like he's he's ever really around it. Like it feels like I get one no. or two a season, and that's kind of where I got to that. Yeah, well, he's kicked five in the last five in the last four seasons. That he's played, yeah, so that's it. I think I've, I think my memory and my brain has tried to just suppress those early Sam Doherty yeah, Carlton. I, I, not because he was bad, but because the team was absolutely horrendous. But now you're talking about peppering me. You've started with the trivia. Continue with the listener oh, question. Here we go. Your favorite segment. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. <laughs> but the whole time's getting up there. It's getting up there. The whole time's getting up there. Um, I'll read some comments out as well because. You ask for questions and sometimes we get statements back and they have the same, they deserve the same airtime. Yes. So 
So we've got one from Damien Red 91 uh, He said, a win is a win. I'll take the four points any day, but lots to work on. Mm. Um, love it. And then in response to that, Dom in the den said, I'd prefer to have lots to work on with two wins and a draw than lots to work on with three losses. Yes. Any comments on, on that sentiment? You, you agree with uh, those two? We, yeah. Wins are always obviously better than losses. And while it's not perfect, if you give me this scenario or the other, yeah, you're taking wins every single day. Bank them. We know they're important and move on. Undefeated. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to struggle to get this out because this is just a great tweet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I don't even know if I can. Is this just because you it's, can't read again? Are we here. doing another, you can't read? <laughs> It's, that's, that's a, that's a recurring gonna, segment now. I was just going to say, I'm not going to allow that to become a thing. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to come back to this one once I've um, simmered yeah, down. He needs to compose himself. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this one is from at Blues Chick Five. Amanda. Um, they said weird game. If we kick twenty goals, nine, we absolutely smash them. Are the expectations fair? People are acting like we need to be in the top four, but realistically, the team still needs to prove that we can scrape enough wins to make the eight. If mm. We're not the finished product. It's only round three. Love, love that big yeah. picture question. Yeah. What do you think? If I'm fence sitting, let me know and push me off. <laughs> I feel like there's, I feel like there's somewhere in the middle of this. I don't think it's disaster. Uh, we're no good. All of this talk, but I don't think it is as simple as like just bank the wins and move on. There's clearly issues that we need yep. to be addressing. And so I think there's a somewhere in the middle of that where it's constructive enough of, okay, be happy with the results as far as ladder position. Uh, but then maybe you could say not because Richmond don't look amazing. Geelong don't look amazing. Maybe we should have done better in those two games. But I think the expectation while maybe that top four being perfect right now is too much, and I agree with that statement, I think we mm. do need to be expecting more than we're currently seeing. And I think that is in the sentiment of all the Carlton fans, and maybe that boils over a little bit on social medias where we let our emotions get the best of us, but we need to be better than scraping a victory against GWS and all the issues that are at fault. If there was just a couple and we win by 20 points, there's no issues, but there's still some things to be worked on for sure. Love it. Um, got a good one here from Mark DT. We spoke about this a little bit in the show, but he said, do we need to move past Fisher? And who could take mm. his place has been really poor this year, IMO. Um, yeah. So maybe I could put it out there. Say, let, let's say that we didn't have any injuries this week, um, mm. like no Owies or no Owies or um, Acres to replace. Would you yeah. be? Would you be trying? Like, would you rather be seeing Martin have a go, or would you rather like try and keep kind of continuity? There's probably only one guy I could see take his spot. But he needs to be doing a. He just needs to be on the park. It's David Cunningham. That player yeah. is what could take that spot. And I, I, we we could pass Fisher if he keeps up the performances currently. Then yeah. we may just naturally have to. I have faith that he can get it done. And this is just a blip, and for we can he can sort it out because we've seen him play a lot better. But if I was going to throw a player, and this is the issue, there's just no one else to bring in. Honey, not massive on. Martin, yep. no. Who else are our small high half forwards? Like a Cottrell, maybe. But I, I think Fisher offers more when he's on his day. It's probably Cunners, but Binzy. can the shoulder hold up? Is Can he get the games into him? He's that silky mid-forward connector that can put it on the scoreboard. 
He's the exciting yeah. one. It's just, what are we getting? And I, I'm sick of these, are they going to stay fit? Can we get to their potential kind of players? You, um, we, we chatted a little bit before we started recording. You mentioned that you watched the twos game. Yep. Did you have any Cunningham takeaways from that or anything else? He didn't play a lot of game time. It seemed as if it was like a first quarter and maybe a bit of the second and then unsighted. Okay. The, the, the team didn't play very well. And there's a big issue in our VFL if you want to sidetrack this and talk about yeah, no, our please. VFL I'm team interested. at the moment. I don't know if it's just yeah. injuries, but currently we are lacking strong key forward to take the the weight of the pressure and everything in that forward line and be that key pillar. And we're missing some help in that midfield. I think maybe that's meant to be mm. an Ed Kerno or whoever else is part of that depth with a fully fit list. And it may be a Jordan Boyd down there in defense, but there's yeah, feels like we're playing a bunch of kids and a bunch of genuine VFL bottom of the barrel players. No offense to the guys going out there. There seems mm. to be a golf of class between that and a lot of, other teams are playing, injuries play a part. But I think that's not helping getting the best out of these younger players and seeing the best because they're kind of having to be here, like the higher level, which I don't think they're at yeah. yet. Uh, yeah. But Cunningham, like when he got the ball early on, you saw little flashes and you're like, oh, like he's just clean. There was one where he just gets the ball silky straight to Dow inside 50 and it was like, oh, my mm. goodness, this is what we've missed. Stop it. But he's, he's clearly has not played a lot of footy in a long time, needs match <laughs> conditioning. Needs to be playing full games, and I'm I'm still not confident in his shoulder. We'll see how that plays out. I was mm-hmm. buoyed by there was one where he really tackled hard with that whatever shoulders the injured one. He went hard with that, whichever one's strapped. Tested it out and seemed to be okay. So if he got through this game, fine. He just okay. needs to build on it. Get probably he needs. I think he needs almost a month of VFL football, finishing games before he can start knocking on the door. But mm. I don't know. There was, there was that cool. glimpse of – there was just those couple of touches where he went, oh, this is what David Cunningham mm. is. So who knows? Who knows? Don't want to get my hopes up too much. Love it. Yeah, no, that's good. That's, that's a wait and see for sure. From Phil Breeze, should the bus have gone back to pick O'Brien up? <laughs> You're in charge of the bus. Oh, you oh, you no. hear who it is. Oh, no. You hear who it is. Oh, that's good. That's was that how, Phil? How, oh, that's yeah. How, how far have, could you have driven before you you say it's not worth it? Um, yeah. Well, well, how far away was O'Brien that you're just going? Mate, we're not coming back. We're derailing. Mm. Maybe that's maybe we can blame O'Brien for the slow start. The boys were ready and pumped, and then they had to go back to the hotel after pick up O'Brien, and then we're there and we've lost our preparation. It's ruined. Maybe we can blame O'Brien for that. Uh, no, it's harsh. It's funny as hell because uh, his performance was <laughs> not good. We may have to see him again if Akers doesn't get off his suspension, which I sidetracked quickly. What did you make yeah. of the oh, one week? He'll get off. Has to. That's awful. I, more, That's an awful I'm one. More, I'm more thi- I think it's more likely that Akers misses. They just give him a week with the yeah. shoulder, like resting for mm. a week, I, I think. No, I agree. But but again, yeah, if they is. were thinking that, then maybe mm. they wouldn't challenge. But yeah, he'll get off. Sure. Hopefully. But yeah, I think the O'Brien one, yeah. Again, this goes back to the VFL point. There's currently no one really knocking down that door no. for selection that these guys that aren't performing, you could be like, okay, that's fine. We'll bring old mate from the twos in. Like the only one is Paddy Dow. And <laughs> for as much as I think we potentially, at times with some of the midfield injuries are going, let's see him. 
Yeah. Hewitt's not there. Walsh not there. Hewitt's back. Kennedy's out. Yeah. Clearly, the club just don't want to see Paddy Dow. And so I'm kind no. of... No I way. just feel like their discussion's not needed to have anymore if the club just clearly aren't picking him for whatever reason. They've got. I it. actually fully agree with that sentiment. Um, we'll, we'll see him if we see him. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that he's someone to come in. Yeah. There's something he's done. He's done something to not not be getting a look. <laughs> you know who it is. Super bad himself, and he's owned oh. the nickname, and he's owned the nickname he? in his trade. This is why I could, I couldn't get this out earlier. Um. <laughs> Our man, Mickey Cerevola, he says, super bad here. We played super badly. <laughs> I read that and I was like, there's no way I'm getting this out. As- That's good. I'm glad it hasn't offended the great man. Um, good to see super bad. Yeah. He's still with us because I think That's this good. is one he's going to stick. And maybe we've got to start getting <laughs> more nicknames for the listeners, whether they like so. it or not at this stage. And then if they <laughs> stick around, well, there you go. But I enjoy that one. I like it. We're, see- we're, we're doing well so far. It. Um, he said, maybe it's my imagination, but we we just don't play well when it's wet and slippery. You need to adapt to those conditions. Mm. Um, yeah, I mm. I definitely don't disagree with that sentiment. I need I need to see a good like that was the thing with the Richmond was the yeah. Richmond game was the one where it was yes. wet and I, and I was like, oh, I just want to have a dry game. I need to see a good game in the wet where we dominate. It's a weird one, and I I wonder if it's adjusting. I wonder if it's game style because like we play this thing that's meant to be like fast moving at times, slick skill. I think both of yep. us have said, are we the best skillful side to be executing this? But then it yep. seems like we want to be the short, sharp handball side, which when it's wet, when the game is, everyone's at the contest because it's it's wet, the conditions are bad, everyone's slipping and sliding out there. What do you not want to do? And it's handball, fast handballs. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know whether we've just unfortunately picked a game style that isn't fit for all conditions and we just want to play every game at Marvel under the roof, which luckily we can do this Friday. But I don't know if it's, yeah, adjusting mm. the guys that are out there, game plan, but something. No, you've, na- you've nailed that super bad. You, you definitely have. There's nothing bad yeah. about that one. You have nailed it because, yeah, we need to see a performance in the wet where we're on top of it. That's It's yep. slow starts and inability to adjust to weather conditions. What is going on with those two things? Sort it out, boys. One positive one to bring it home. And if we're looking at, you know, listeners that might need a nickname, we get a few every now and then from Ooh. at Tim Gigantor. Yes. So there could be something you know, there. And we've already got Timmy Dub. So, you know, we'll we'll see what we can come back Ooh. with. Do we have the best traveling supporters? We outnumbered the giant supporters nearly 10 to 1, and the booing when they had set shots was incredible. Mm. Plus, I felt like we lifted Carlton over the line at the end of the match. How good? He's not wrong. And look, I every time it seems we play interstate, there's a big crowd there. And I can only really talk about the, the great WA crowd having been over there multiple times and knowing the, uh, the great work that the WA Blue Supporters Group do over there. It's insane mm. the amount of supporters I always speak about. And it's almost, I'd say this to death, the Mark Murphy goal over against Frio. Siren goes, and it's like a home game. It was ridiculous, the amount of Carlton supporters there and the noise we generate. It's a massive thing. It is massive. We've got incredible traveling support. And I love seeing like familiar names that you follow on Twitter that all make the journey up. Like I'd love to do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's sometimes just not feasible to, to get up there and back for, for work and, and all these other related things. But yeah, to see the amount of support we have 
living in different states and that want to travel and give up their time and money to do it is a reason we're the bloody best team in the AFL. And that helps That's lift it. the boys 100%. Love it, mate. Spot on. And one thing, just as I'm on Twitter, I just, I just saw the Logue one for the first time. He's not playing. Yeah, it's... Do you it's, think? It's a bit... Oh, I don't know. We'll sidetrack it. We'll, we'll get back to the uh, the Shimboners podcast. Like, I think we had in preseason where I was I was one of the only people that said North Melbourne would actually be all right. So if someone needs to clip that. You said send that? that to, you send that to David King. That. Oh, there is a clip of me saying, you were on talking this. about who was finishing on the bottom. And I said, North Melbourne will be all right. They won't be amazing, but they're not going to be in the bottom couple of teams. I said that. I said they had a good spine, a okay. couple of good defenders, the good midfield, and have enough pieces to be okay. So that we're clipping that because we knew, go back we and knew listen LVU to it. Season predictions, guy. season predictions episode. It is there. It's late in the episode. But it is there. So I'm Nostradamus in that one. Big Harry Shizzles, one of my faves. But that would, I'm hoping he gets weeks for it because he runs past the ball. But initially, he does kind yeah. of try and pick it up. The issue is he obviously he takes his feet off the ground and braces a little too much. So I think he That's will get thing. the weeks. Probably a bit stiff, but that is, that is the game these days. You can't go anywhere near the head. You can't brace to bump. And... I'll tell you what, if he doesn't play, yeah. and maybe this is, we need to save it for the build-up show, but can we for once? Tease it. Can we for once? Because it never happens. Never happens. How many times? Big key out for the opposition, and it's like, oh, we're going to exploit him. Doesn't happen. Yep. We've got Harry. We've got Charlie. We're talking about Harry needs to step up. They're going to have no Mackay. They're not going to have Logue. Who's yep. down there? I don't know who else they've got. Is Josh Good Walker day, still yeah. kicking about? Can they chuck him <laughs> down in defense? I don't know what they're doing, but have a big day out. Exploit their defenders for once, please, Carl. Love it. That'll do us a thing for the listener questions. Beautiful. Well, look, I don't have a lot much else to say for this game. I want to be positive, and I guess I'll try and round this out in a negative way and then build it towards a positive to finish this, for the sentiment of the episode. And I think like the issue that why we're probably so negative in this win is that Mm-hmm. we've talked about learnings and what we want to get out of these games. It's what we started this episode with. And you can say we learned some things from this, but I'd kind of argue my issue is all the questions that remained, what Carlton we're going to get? Are we going to improve in this area? Can we get it done? They weren't sort of answered. And we still have those standout plays mm-hmm. that kind of drag us over the line against these poor teams. And in poor conditions, we weren't great again. Didn't bring the intensity to finish them off. All these little things. Question marks are still there, which is why we're negative. But yep. we got the win. And in previous years, we probably wouldn't have done that. We played poorly. We've done that a first few games. And mm-hmm. going towards that, building into the season, it's not often that we've played pretty poorly and been undefeated and, and been at this position. <laughs> and we've got to run on now where we've got some teams that we need to be beating. Oh. Boy, Put ourselves we. in a good position on that ladder. Let's get it done. Let's hope we've taken the learnings that we need to from these games and we get it done next week. But look, that's going to wrap this episode up. We will be back with a midweek bloody build-up show for this North Melbourne game on yes. Good Friday. And the baggers are going to bounce back. So keep tuned. Get on your subscriptions on YouTube. Subscribe, like, mm-hmm. at Navy Blue Corner. If you're on your streaming services, 
give us a follow. You're not going to miss it because we haven't 100% confirmed when it's getting recorded, 100% when it's coming out, but it will be before the Good Friday clash. The Baggers, they're bouncing back. They're remaining undefeated. We're going to beat the Ruse. Go Baggers. See you guys next time.